0: You care about these kids. And when you see them struggling or going through tough times, it affects you emotionally. Welcome back to Teacher Tales, where we give you the keys to overcoming teacher burnout to find work-life balance and educational bliss, if it still exists. On this interview episode of Teacher Tales, we uncover two invaluable insights, taking your skills from industry and translating them into teaching tools for success and how to manage your emotions as a teacher to prevent burnout. Lastly, we bring it full circle with the five W's and H, where we discuss some fun teacher topics like restroom policies and memorable students. Now, introducing finance expert and seasoned middle and high school teacher, Carol Zatz. Okay, so obviously we have to start (laughs) at the beginning. So how did you get into education? Where have you taught? How long have you been teaching? Give us the whole spiel. Okay, so um, I actually was working
1: in industry, in corporate for years, and then was working for myself for several years. Mm. Um, Never even imagined being a teacher, um, when my like daughter, right. When my daughter was in middle school, um, I started volunteering actually with a, well, I did Girl Scouts from the time my daughter was kindergarten through middle school. Mm. Um, and then my husband started worrying about me cause I was spending more time working on my volunteer work <laughs> than on my job. Still doing fine with the job, but you know, I was very motivated. Kind of found something, Yes. And it was his idea. He said, you know, you're bored in your work, you should be a teacher. And I kinda laughed it off actually mm. for a couple of months because I'd never imagined it. But then he kind of put this bug in my head. And so I started looking into it. And uh six, seven months later, I had made a shift. I'd gone through all of my alt certification mm-hmm. and done all my tests and was done. Um I'd been in business for a long time, so when I went to get uh, certified, they thought I wanted to be a business teacher, but I didn't. I really wanted to change what I was focusing my time on, mm-hmm. so I taught ELA first, moved that into broadcast journalism, Ooh. and then now I've come full circle back to high school. So I taught middle school for eight years. Um This is my first year in high school teaching business courses. Mm -hmm. So it actually feels kind of cool. I've kind of gone full circle back to my roots, but also still teaching, which is, I have realized is definitely where my, um, like passion sounds like such a corny word, but like where my energy is, where I feel good coming to work every day. Not to say it's not tiring. (laughs) It's (laughs) something. It's something. Um, forty five alarm clock is really Ooh, early' is tough yeah it's tough um but I mean but we get out earlier right yes. so middle school it wasn't as early but now it's early because it's high school here um and so anyway so yeah ninth year and um loving it
0: so what did you do in the industry that you kind of feel like prepared you to be a teacher? Because you weren't in industry thinking, I'm going to use this to be a teacher. Right. But whenever we come from something else, there's always, they talk about the toolkit, you know, or your tool belt. There's always some of these things that we can go, okay, well, I've had to do this before. So this is kind of similar to the situation I'm dealing with in the classroom or outside of the classroom. So what are some things that you feel like you learned in industry that helped you when you became a teacher?
1: So, I think one of things that i learned early on in my career that i was good at was not surprisingly i guess was teaching other people how to do the things we needed to do at work Mm -hmm. so whenever we would get new i was an accountant for a while and a financial analyst for a while i did a lot with excel so whenever we would get new software or a new system we needed to use at work i loved to play around Mm, with it you were the guru i was the I was the goober, right? The nerd (laughs) that would sit and play with it and figure it all out. Cause I've never been afraid to do that. I figure if I break something, somebody will come around and fix it later.
0: IT, get on it.
1: Yes. And so, um, so I taught other people how to do things. So I think obviously that's like a direct correlation into what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, I also think being out in the corporate world taught me the importance of communication. Mm. And I think, which you can appreciate, yes, right um, up my alley, right, Profcom. But, um, and I think, not only has that helped me communicate with other adults here in the building, mm. but even though my whole other career was dealing with grownups and adult human beings, I still think, yes, we talk to children differently, but on some level, we shouldn't, and we don't. Agreed. We should talk to them the way that we expect them to to talk when they become grown ups. Yes. And so I think that has been very helpful and useful in the classroom as
0: well. That's something that I really try to do. Like I don't I'm not going to say I don't sugarcoat because I think people get into this thing where like, "Oh, I don't sugarcoat anything." At some point you become rude instead of real. So you can be real and be truthful, but I do think tact is important with how you are speaking to people. And that changes depending on who you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. Like, And you know this in the classroom. Some kids you got the kind of relationship with where you can talk to them a certain way or you can explain things to them a certain way. And it may not even be anything like really deep. Like so I'm a basketball player, Mm -hmm. so I can use a basketball reference with a kid and they'd get it as opposed to something else. And then you may not be able to use that same reference with another kid. But like you said, all of that is just communication and kind of learning your audience and figuring out how to do that. And so being able to kind of speak in an adult way Mm -hmm. and model that, right? There we go. Modeling. There we go. Modeling. Being able to model that does help them to kind of appreciate and to understand, even if they don't get it now. Right. Eventually, they will go, dang, Mr. Franklin was a professional. I'm using air quotes here because I'm not always professional in class. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> and uh, they go, well, Mr. Franklin was a professional person and he taught us how to be professional. And right. this is what he showed us. So let me, I think kind of by osmosis, they'll go, well, this is what I know to be professional. Let me just do this. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, like we all do, we kind of put our own spin on things. Right. I go think ahead. I'm.
1: I'm kind of a mix between uh, I don't know, I kind of with my I used to use the phrase with my middle schoolers like a tough love mom mm-hmm. and then an, and a professional. And here in high school, I'm a little more of the professional than the tough love mama. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they're not 11 and 12 and 13 years old anymore. Right. They're a little bit older. But I still like I still catch myself kind of using mom phrases. Right. Mm. Like, you know kid does a good job on a test right and like i catch their eye when they're done when i see their score and mm-hmm. i might you know say good job honey like yeah yeah i'm calling a kid honey like sometimes i'm all scared they're gonna <laughs> go home and like tell you their parents something weird right but like every kid to me is like honey sweetie sh- like sugar because i'm old like for those of like you can't <laughs> you can't see me but i'm old i'm not like some little 25 30 year old person here So they know that, like, I'm saying this out Mm -hmm. of, like, this mom, for them, almost grandma age, right? right? And so, you know, I'm a cross between that, but then you're right. When you do have to have the tough conversations Mm -hmm. with the kids that aren't doing what they need to do, you can do it with kindness, but you still have to do it. In a professional manner, Mm -hmm. you can't treat them like babies because these children, especially here in high school, are not babies and they are going to be out in the real world very soon, Mm -hmm. whether that's college or a job or a tech school or wherever the military, the military, none of those people are going to sugarcoat anything.
0: No. And they may not be professional or nice at all. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. it just is what it is. Yes. But you talked about the language that you use kind of being that that mom thing. I think that students, they understand it when they know that it's authentic. And yes. that's when I feel like you don't, I'm not going to say you don't have to worry about those emails because of the times that we live sure. in. Sure. But more often than not, they're like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's Miss that's So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. Like, that's just how they talk. It's not a me thing or it's not a singling out thing and as long as you're not being disrespectful or belittling kids like for the most part because they're at that age where they're starting to understand things too and if they don't then they should be learning it just like we're talking about you know like for me I'm just I'm I still feel like a kid sometimes especially when I get around kids that remind me of me Mm-hmm. It's really easy to kind of example. So I got this little basketball hoop in my room. I don't know if it was a great idea or a bad idea, <laughs> but when we're done with work, a lot of times, especially, you know, if you have like that extra time, like advisory, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, if they don't yep. have something planned for us. Right. You know, some kids are, you know, they shoot. And this is one of my best class periods too. I love that class. Shout out to fourth period. <laughs> uh but I find myself, you know, I'm yelling, and one, or, you know, you're not going to make that shot. You, you can't shoot from there. You know, so that right, that myself, I come out in these things. And yes. the kids, I think those are the things that they love the most. Yes. When you can just be who you are, and then they can gravitate to that. And then you're not going to get every kid. Right. But,
1: but you the, get some.
0: Exactly. And that's, yeah. that is the goal, to get some. Yes. Because I'm going to get some. You're going to get some. Somebody else is going to get a few more. Exactly.
1: And, you know. I mean, it'd be great to think
0: between all of us, we, we get, hit every get everybody. Kid, hopefully, right?
1: somehow, some way.
0: Yeah. So, and the hardest part, and we'll jump to like the difficult part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part can be trying to get those kids that you know that nobody has them. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes that can lead to one of the parts of our conversation, which is the burnout. Mm-hmm. And is that part is more emotional. Have you ever had to deal with, you know, especially coming from middle school, where those emotions with those kids and they're all over the place. They're all over the place. So have you? How did you figure that out?
1: I mean, well, I do. I have trouble with it. I have a, well, I have a daughter. So I have. I mean, I love all my kids. I mean, I'll just say this before I say what I'm about to say. I love (laughs) all my kids, but I have a real soft spot for girls. Like I just for girls that especially the ones that seem to not quite have, like, a friend group, don't quite know where they're supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And so I've always kind of tried to find that one, like, in each class period that might just need a little bit more attention, you Mm -hmm. know, whether whatever. But this year, it's been really interesting this year, all of my kids that like my one in my class, they're all boys. Like there's all these boys <laughs> that need help this year. Yeah. Like that are struggling. And um, and actually even this week, I'll be honest, has been a little bit emotional. I have a student who's been out and um, I've learned just had a very difficult six weeks mentally. um, And it was really hard to find out because mm. when they're absent a lot, you really don't know. You don't yes. know why. In fact, you don't even know for sure whether maybe they've just unenrolled themselves and they're staying home and doing online school and nobody's told you yet and that kind of thing, right?
0: I've had a similar situation recently.
1: Yeah. So when you find out that they're going through something that you didn't know. And and then the interesting thing is when I think about this kid in my class, he always asks questions when he needs help. Mm -hmm. He's willing to talk to me. He's... Open with me about not about those struggles, but just about like I can tell Mm -hmm. that I might I might be his person on this campus. We've never sat and talked about it like that, you know,
0: but just natural. But
1: naturally, I know that like hearing that he's very unhappy at school and doesn't like going to class and doesn't like being in the building. I wanted to like speak up and go, okay, but wait, he doesn't think that in my room, does he? Because I think he likes my room. Right. Nobody said that, but that's how I felt, so mm-hmm. then it kind of like like you hope that's true, but then now I've been kind of like angsty if that's a word, like yeah. I'm feeling really worried, like mm-hmm. maybe like did I contribute to the problem when I thought I was helping the problem? Right. like I don't know. those are the kind of struggles that yeah. we have because we do care about these kids.
0: We care about them a lot we I mean we care i want to I don't want to say more than we should because I feel like there is an appropriate level of care Absolutely. that we have to have, yes. And it's just like, you're, they're your own kids. Like, yeah. we're with these kids every single day. Right. they like so much. And then just over the course of, you know, a semester, a year, and mm-hmm. then if you have kids for multiple years, and right. they th- the ones that come back to your room, and they're right. like, hey, you know, I was yeah. just, how's it going? And they don't have to do that. Those kids, you know, so you you care about these people. Right. And you know, so when things are going on, mm-hmm. you know, especially when, you know, sometimes you have kids that you just click with. Yeah. You know, you talk to them, and like from day one, it's like, that's my dog right there. Mm-hmm. You know, we good. You yeah. know? And then when you start to learn, like, things are going on with them or with their family, and they're, and they're struggling, they're out, you know, they're in and out. So that is. It's hard. Really hard. You yeah. Know? And then when you. I don't know what's harder, not knowing or knowing. Because once you know, like, the story, yeah. it's like, it golly, never goes away. I had no idea that that was going on. So, like, I'm always, like, telling kids, like, man, you know, I'm praying for you and your family, you know. Sure. Regardless of what they believe, you know. Yeah. I think people typically will go, like, I accept the prayer. Like, whoever yeah. you're praying to, wherever it's yeah. coming from.
1: whatever. I'll take whatever you want to give. Because it's right? the heart behind it. It's the heart. Yeah. And these kids... um. And I, I do think it's one thing that makes this job different from other jobs. Mm. I think when you go to a corp, that's not to say adults don't care about the people they work with, because they do. They care very much, just like we care about the adults in this building. Oh, yeah. But it's different when you're talking about children. Yeah. And I just feel like most adults can understand that. You know, my husband understands that when I come home really upset about something that's happening with a kid. That's not the same as when he comes home and he's worried about a a
0: coworker. Right. Because it's a child. It's, I mean, they a, are
1: still children. There's a
0: vulnerability there. Yes. Like, things are so much out of their control.
1: Yeah. And it's, a lot of it is most definitely out of their control.
0: Yeah. And so, we hold them accountable and we get on them when it's in their control. Yeah. Just...
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I use this word in my class because it's a. I think it's a funny sounding word. Well, one of my kids... Not just one, Um, but I'll use the word bums. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody knocked his vase over today, Uh and it gets water over all over stuff. The vase is still knocked over. I'm like, I don't even know who did this, so I will have to like rephrase instead of saying, uh, whoever that did this is a bum. Mm -hmm. I have to now use the phrase like, okay, this is bum behavior. (laughs) Whoever knocked this over <laughs> it just didn't say anything cuz obviously I wasn't at my desk. But so this it was is on your desk. It. it was on my desk. And your stuff. On my stuff. And nobody apologized. Nobody. I don't even think they and, knew. And just
1: so the listeners understand, these kids love him. Uh-uh. Like no, it's not like it's for real. This is this is what this is what the kids say. The uh-uh. kids say, "Oh my gosh, I love Love Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin's awesome. Mr. Franklin's the best. When they love you and yet you're still a hard grader, that's like the highest compliment you can ever get as a teacher.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. I mean,
1: that's good. So the fact that they would like not admit, not fess up to the vase is shocking to me. Shocking. I'm I'm on a hunt now. I'm gonna I'm gonna find no, out.
0: No, there's no <laughs> hunt. There's no hunt. So like when, when we talk about that burnout and that emotional part, sometimes yeah. it's just like okay. All right, let me check myself, right? Mm-hmm. Do I think somebody knocked this over on purpose and spilled water everywhere and destroyed my docking station? No. The answer <laughs> is no. Right. It doesn't take the frustration away, but, but. you kind of have to put it in perspective. So, like...
1: Well, they probably did it with that basketball that you had.
0: Oh, there. no, no, no. <laughs> I, well,
1: you know, I hope not. See, I'm just saying. Like, so uh, maybe it comes back around.
0: <laughs> maybe it's my own fault. I indirectly knocked the vase over myself. You're the bum. I am. (laughs) You're the bum with the bum behavior. So how do you keep those emotions in check? Because a lot of times they can run really hot and you want to get on somebody, but you got to go, wait a second. Let me not cross over the line. Or sometimes, like we talked about, you can get really sad because things, for one reason or another. So how do you kind of keep those emotions in the middle?
1: So... A lot of times, I'm really honest with the kids. I'll just tell them, Um, like, not if I'm—I don't tell them about anger too much. But like, if I'm sad about something, whether it—even if it's something Mm -hmm. personal—a lot of times I'll share. I'll be honest with them. You know, guys, something is going on. How much I share is depends on what it is, right? Right. Right. But guys, I got a lot on my plate right now. There's something going on with my family. I'm—you know—I'm worried about somebody. So I'll just be honest with you. I'm not like, I'm not in the mm-hmm. best mood mm-hmm. and we're going to get through today. And I just need you to support that and understand it. And Do nine this times out of please. they will step right up. Like yes. they will rise to the occasion. Mm. Um, over my nine years, have I lost my temper in a classroom? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Um, Over the past two, three years, probably not. Um, I don't know what's changed. I think I finally just said it doesn't do any good to yell. Yeah. All yelling does is create more yelling. Yes. Create more frustration, create more anger for me and for the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I have learned to respond to poor behavior. I think a lot of times with humor have a group of boys in my 6th grade class my 6th period class actually shout out to my 6th period I love you guys shout out um they are hilarious they are ridiculous they are 10th graders and they are like on fire like mm. super smart super bright but they are nuts and they can get pretty out of control and so um I just Sort of realized that they were okay with sarcasm, and so I am pretty rough on them. Yeah, <laughs> but they take it like they take it like champs. And like all of them are in my organization, like my club. Mm. They all joined. They all they were like, "See, we're here." You know, mezites, we're here. It's like, and y'all I'm better like, be here. No, I was kind of like, "Oh, yay!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no, it is. but no, I'm really glad because they're really bright. Like maybe we'll win some competitions, right? Yeah. Like they're yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um but i could have responded to their misbehavior with frustration and yep. anger and yelling and demanding of different behavior and i still demand different behavior but but we deal with it now with right. humor you know guys and all i have to do is look across the room and they're like oh okay oh she look she start it and they
0: police themselves yeah 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 i think those are that's when you know that you have classroom culture when the other students start to police it. It's like, hey, man, be quiet. Like, come on, you heard the bell ring. You know, those kinds of comments, you know, on the inside as the teachers were like, yes, they're figuring it out. You know, they understand how things work in here. Right. So speaking of how things work, whenever you're trying to find out information, you got to start with the five W's and the H. So that's what we are going to do here. So... I'm going to let you choose which ones we do in the order. So, we got who, what, when, where, why, and how.
1: Okay. Um,
0: who? We'll just go in order. Okay. Okay. Who's the student you'll remember forever?
1: Mm. Can it be sad? Yeah. I had a student my second year of teaching that I was teaching ELA. She was writing me essays about monsters coming into her room at night.
0: Oh, man. That's heavy.
1: And her parents pulled her out and enrolled her in a new school when we started to investigate. And she's gone. And I have no idea where she is and what's happened to her. Dang. I know. (laughs) But I will never forget her because I worry about her
0: still. Every day, you just don't know. Don't know. I'm sure there are people out there with the same kinds of stories. Unfortunately,
1: yeah,
0: because things happen. So it is important for us to to be here and to right investigate. Sometimes that's what it takes. Yes. So moving on to the what? Okay, going in order. Okay, what's your restroom policy, <laughs> and do or did you ever have a crazy restroom pass? <laughs>
1: So middle school, we had very strict policies for mm-hmm. campus. So here at high school, my restroom policy is don't ask to go while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you can go. Because, and I write you a little pass on a post-it note and you go and you come back. You get four minutes and you better be back.
0: Four minutes. Mm-hmm. I like it.
1: Um. The reason I only use a post-it note is because I tried to have a really cute, <laughs> cool little restroom pass, which was I teach business courses. So mm-hmm. it was a hundred dollar bill printed out giant
0: okay, okay. On, an,
1: on on a string to wear around their neck so they didn't actually have to touch it while they were in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And somebody lost it on the second day of school and it never <sighs> came back. It's so like, works. yeah. That was before my classroom culture was in place. So I'm right. just going to assume it was somebody who, you know, is no longer with me. Like maybe got transferred out, something. Mm-hmm. I could try it again,
0: but. You should. I mean. Well, you know, that's like something that somebody probably would want to take. Because it's cool. Right? It's a big $100 It's like kind of cool, right? Can you wear flex it like with that. a big
1: OG thing around their necks kind of thing. So I need something ugly is what something you're saying. It needs ugly. to be ugly.
0: Where you go I have to take this? Yes. Yes. And you can't leave without it. And you better come back or nobody else can go. I don't know what that's going to be.
1: I don't know. Like, yeah. So, there we go.
0: Okay. When did you begin to feel confident in yourself as a teacher? Like, hmm, I I think I got this.
1: Uh, Next year? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Maybe maybe around year four mm-hmm. and then and then around year seven i started to get like a little worried again
0: Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> like it goes in phases mm-hmm. i don't think it was worry it was more boredom right okay. so like i'm becoming kind of I'm not doing my best anymore because I'm bored and I need something to change kind of thing. Right. So it wasn't that I didn't feel confident. It was just that I knew I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing. Um, but yeah, Yeah. maybe around year four, I really started feeling like maybe I knew what I was doing. Maybe. What
0: was it about? Was there like a certain experience or was there a feeling like school is starting? You kind of like, I got this or anything that you could specifically point to? Well,
1: that was actually a weird year. I say year four and then now I'm not sure why because year four I actually switched curriculums. But but I switched curriculums because I was being asked to do another role on campus mm-hmm. that was part time. So I couldn't teach ELA part time. I needed to teach an elective instead kind of thing. So maybe it was because I felt like people valued mm-hmm. what I brought to the table. And we're recognizing that I had other talents and abilities that I could offer to the campus. So maybe that was why I okay. kind of felt like I knew what I was doing.
0: Okay. When people start going, hey, can you do this? Because yeah. we kind of like what you're doing. So we yeah. trust you.
1: Yeah. Could you mentor Ooh. other teachers? Okay. He's like, uh, huh. You know, okay. You I can be a mentor? Okay. Oh, you, you you haven't been in my room much, have you? But okay. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Okay, where is our next one? Uh-oh. Where did you see yourself five years ago? Are you there or did the plan change along the way? Oh, the
1: plan changed
0: because the plan always changes (laughs) for me.
1: The plan, I am not a, I don't want to say I'm not a stick with a thing kind of person because I am, but Mm -hmm. I am not a get stuck in a rut, do the same thing for 20 years kind of person. Oh, no. So five years ago, did I think I'd be teaching high school? No, five years ago, I probably swore I would never teach high school. Mm. And now, like, here I am and it's great. So definitely changed.
0: Well, we are glad to have you.
1: Thank you. I am happy to be
0: here. It's so funny when you, you got hired, and I think we didn't, I didn't meet you until, was it after all of the training? We didn't get a chance to like really sit a and to talk. talk. Yeah. Right. So but once we had that, oh, it was like an hour and a half, yeah, conversation, we just random sat and chat. And I was like, "Yep, she's going to be good <laughs> here. She's going to be great here actually." You know, you just got that 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 magnetism.
1: Thank you. I you appreciate that. You know, you got that. the energy,
0: you know. So it's it's easy to tell, you know, when you sit and talk to somebody like well, oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to last.
1: <laughs> or. Yeah.
0: Or other things.
1: Or other things. But yeah. No, uh, I'm really happy to be here and I'm excited to be here. Like, that's why I say, like, I don't want to say I don't stick to things because I am. I, I, like, if the next part of the question were where do you see yourself in five years, in five years, I expect to still be here um, because This kind of feels like, like I said earlier, I've kind of come full circle. I was a business major in college Mm -hmm. and then taught or then worked in business. So now combining teaching with of business, right, really does feel full circle. Whether I'll be teaching the same exact business classes, who knows, because things change in our district and they change in the environment in the world. Right. But um, but teaching in high school at this level, this has been such a great transition for me.
0: I love teaching high school kids. They're cool. They're fun.
1: I mean, middle school is fun because they still want to hug you.
0: Like, I have to admit,
1: admit. I'm missing hugs. Really? Yeah. I'm missing hugs. Like, I had girls that would just hug me, like, every day I would get hugs. Um, So I'm kind of missing the hugs, but it's okay because I don't really want to get hugged at high school level. It's a little, that's a little 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 different different. story. (laughs) But but other than that, like, high school is really fun. My seniors are a lot of fun because I can, we sit and have all kinds of conversations yes. in my senior classes. Yes. Because they're, they're like it's about different. to go it's be different. adults.
0: Yeah. Okay. We got why okay. and we got how. So we'll go with why is the profession so difficult? It's a very broad question. Why is it so difficult for you? It's difficult for us all in some kind of way. Right.
1: I think the difficulty for for most of for me i think the i i'm going to phrase it in a bigger question i think the biggest issue with the industry with education right now mm-hmm. is so many people trying to give their opinions and make decisions about what education should look like when they are not here yep they are not in the room and yes many of them are parents but they are not here in this room. They don't see what we do all day. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what we do. Um, and so the parameters, the rules, the requirements, the things they want to say we can and can't do when they have no idea. No idea. That, that I think, is the biggest frustration and mm-hmm. worry that I have
0: about education in the United States. The same parents that don't even want to volunteer want to talk about yeah i mean a lot of times to. it's
1: the same yeah
0: and and they haven't been in, in a high school classroom in 30 or 40 years sometimes right i mean so yeah they have never done it as a teacher right and times and, have changed
1: and yeah. they don't some of them don't see how their kids behave oh my goodness you know that is a whole like and that's a whole nother podcast man. but okay. yeah
0: last one how okay how do you keep coming back to school every day when an alarm goes off at, <laughs> at four forty-five? How do you do it?
1: Um I I really do believe that my kids, meaning my students, will miss me if I'm not here. Mm. Um not all of them (laughs) some of them are probably glad but if you if you run your room right and Mm -hmm. you come in the next day after you've been gone sick appointments whatever and every class period kids are like where were you we missed you Mm. oh my gosh that sub was crazy or whatever right like it's always crazy. crazy right whether it's the really sweet kids or whether it's the crazy kids that are telling you that the mm-hmm. fact that they're like, we missed you. Where were you? Even if they don't say the words, we missed you. It's about the relationship and yeah. being here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got into teaching late in life and because I felt like I had something to give to kids and the kids are what
0: keep me coming back. The The where were you for for me when I'm out is. Mm-hmm where were you? That's the tone. I'm like, well, hold on. Like I'm grown. I don't have to be every day. Dang. And that's exactly or how I it's said. none your business. Like, what you mean? I was out doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's how we talk. But yeah, you know, it's, sometimes it's, well, I couldn't make it. Okay. So I'm here today. What you going to do? You better have that work done.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: Did you do what I left you to do?
1: Did and you get your work? And their faces go from smiles to Uh Yeah,
0: now they don't have anything to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this was amazing as I thought it would be. And that's why I asked you to come on the show.
1: Thank you. This was fun. I would love
0: to come back whenever you want. Voila. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation between me and Miss Zeitz. It was a pleasure having her on as I knew it would be. And she will be back. But remember... Every experience you have adds a new skill set you can use in your classroom as a tool for teaching and learning. And be mindful of the emotional stress you take on. It affects us at home, at school, and everywhere else in between. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, listen to the next one. They come out twice a week. Thank you for listening. Keep teaching, keep learning, and I will see you all On the next journey.